0: Coming up on the KetoCamp Podcast, we bring back Dr. Kate Shanahan.
1: This is the problem. This is the problem, that PUFA is in our body fat. That one study which has been validated in many other studies, demystifies the whole thing. We've been eating lots of PUFA. We have PUFA in our body fat, 15, 20, 30%. How much are we supposed to have? Less than five, for sure. Maybe very much lower than that. And when we, you know, have that high of a percentage, we are burning too much PUFA and it shuts down our cells' ability to generate energy. It just shuts down our body's ability to use our body fat for fuel, so we become sugar-dependent diabetics.
0: We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the KetoCamp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi, I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I wanna thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Benazzati here, host of the Keto Camp podcast. As this podcast is being released, we are on New Year's Eve. That is the day of the release of this podcast. So first and foremost, I want to wish you a happy, healthy, prosperous new year up ahead. 2022 is going to be your best year ever. Uh, I want you to have success in all areas of your life. And we're going to do our part here at Keto Camp to get the information out to you. So you could upgrade your health, your energy, your vitality, so every other area in your life improves. So thank you for pressing play today. Thank you for listening to us as we go into the new year. I'm super grateful and appreciative of you. Today's episode is one for the record books with one of my favorite people, Dr. Kate Shanahan. Now, Dr. Kate Shanahan has been on the show before over a year ago. She was on episode 178 where we talked about her book, The Fat Burn Fix, Eight Fats to Avoid on Keto. We talked about some of the myths regarding metabolism and why the metabolism cannot be sped up or slowed down. It could be either efficient or inefficient. That was an amazing conversation. And you could listen to that episode after this one. We will reference it and put a link for you down below in the podcast notes. Tonight's episode, we took a deep dive into the research of PUFAs. PUFAs stand for polyunsaturated fatty acids. And if you've been listening to the show, you know why PUFAs are highly inflammatory. And after today's episode, you're really going to understand why you want to avoid them going into 2022 and beyond because these PUFAs, they wreck the metabolism. Not only that, they get stored in your body fat, which she's going to talk about that. She's going to talk about how long it takes to get rid of these vegetable oils, PUFAs, From your body fat and why you don't want to lose too much weight too fast, that could be an issue, especially if you have a lot of these PUFAs stored up. We're also going to get into a very fascinating study on the mitochondria, which as you know, is the energy power plant for your cells and how different fats affect mitochondrial production. And this study was amazing. It was comprehensive. We linked it down below in the show notes and we go into it and they tested the cells and the mitochondria. By giving the person either PUFAs, which are polyunsaturated fats, monounsaturated fats, or saturated fats, and they want to see what type of energy production can be created from different fats. The answer is going to blow your mind, and it's super fascinating. We also get into her interview on The Bill Maher Show and how two weeks after she went on The Bill Maher Show talking about COVID and vegetable oils and the link between COVID deaths and vegetable oils, Two weeks after, Bill Moore brought on a tough university medical doctor, and he said to actually eat more vegetable oil. The opposite message of what she said. And she's going to have her rebuttal, and her rebuttal is super strong. Look, she didn't hold back on today's episode. I asked her the question about why there are so many dietitians, nutritionists, and doctors that I see all over social media, especially TikTok, that are saying vegetable oils are great for you who are actually calling me out on my videos saying, I am not looking at the research. I am misinformed when I make videos about the dangers of extra boils. I ask her, why are these really highly educated people out there saying extra boils are good for you? And her answer was absolutely brilliant. And by the way, she calls out the American Heart Association. Here her, her, her exact words were, the biggest form of fake news media in America is the American Heart Association. Wait until she goes on that rant. She lit up, and you're going to love her. And you could find her website, her books, and everything all about her in the podcast notes. So I can't wait to bring her on for a round two conversation. Hey, before I do, I want to take a minute here to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from Dacha. Dacha says... Ben Keto. Ben has the best and most informative keto podcast. Ben covers all the important topics and keeps us updated with new information on keto. It is much appreciated. Dacha, thank you so much. I'm glad that you are getting so much value from these episodes. Our goal is to be the leading authority on keto, on fasting, on all things ancient healing strategies. And we have been releasing new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There's not a lot of podcasts that are doing that, but we are. We're committed and we love you, Keto Camper. So thank you so much, Dasha. If you haven't left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do so right now. I believe you could also do it on Spotify and other platforms. So whatever platform you're listening to, please leave the KetoCam podcast a rating and a review, and maybe I'll read your review on the next episode. Hey, as we move into January 2022, which is tomorrow, the day after the release of this podcast, I want to make sure that 2022 is the best year you've ever had. I want to help you go into 2022 with amazing momentum. I want to teach you to burn fat instead of sugar. I want to teach you how to keto flex. I want to teach you how to practice intermittent fasting the right way and I want to teach it to you along with my colleagues Megan Ramos who is a New York Times bestselling author who works closely with Dr. Jason Fung Cynthia Therlow nurse practitioner of, over 20 years TEDx talk with over 10 million views Dr. David Jockers who has one of the top websites in the world drjockers.com bestselling author of keto and fasting books and myself and Alina who's the chief operating officer for Ketocamp All of us, we are committed for seven days to teach you how to do keto and fasting the right way. This is called our seven-day keto kickstart challenge. It's hosted by me. And it's starting on January 3rd, which is Monday. Every day for seven days, we're going to go live. We're going to teach. We're going to give you some action steps. And we're giving away over $7,000 in free giveaways. I'll be giving away a one-year membership to my Keto Camp Academy, which is our signature online course for all things keto and fasting. We'll be giving away six months worth of Purity Coffee. We'll be giving away Redmond's Real Salt Electrolyte Bundles. We'll be giving away Paleo Valley Bundles. We'll be giving away Keto Crisp Protein Clean Keto Bar Bundles and much more. I'll be giving away free copies of my Keto Flex book and other surprises. Uh, it's going to be incredible. It is 100% free unless you upgrade your membership. I encourage you to sign up right now. We're going to be doing a special live stream on January 1st, which is Saturday, in the private Facebook group. Me and Alina from the Keto Camp team, we're going to be doing a special live stream in that group. So hopefully you hear this on time. Hopefully you register. And it's going to be an amazing seven days together. So head to ketocampchallenge.com or click the link in the podcast notes, ketocampchallenge.com. Remember, camp is spelled with a K. Can't wait to see you on that seven-day challenge. Okay, let's have an amazing conversation with Dr. Kate Shanahan. I'm grateful to have the leading authority on nutrition and human metabolism. And she's been the go-to resource for understanding the dangers of PUFAs. Her name is Dr. Kate Shanahan, and she is a board-certified family physician with over 20 years of clinical experience. She is a New York Times best-selling author of The Fat Burn Fix, Deep Nutrition, and Food Rules. Her expertise is fixing the underlying problems that causes metabolic damage and inflammation, leading to autoimmunity, weight gain, diabetes, cancer, and accelerating the aging processes. Her passion is helping people feel their best. She has applied her learning and experiences in all scientific fields to write an amazing book, Deep Nutrition, Why Your Genes Need Traditional Food. Together with Dr. Tim DeFrancesco and NBA legend Gary Vitti, she created the Pro Nutrition Program for the Los Angeles Lakers and helped forge a partnership between Whole Foods Market in numerous NBA games. She worked closely with Kobe Bryant and Dwight Howard and other Laker players several years ago. And here is Dr. Kate Shanahan. Dr. Kate Shanahan, welcome back to the Keto Camp podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, V. Benazzati. It's great to be back with you.
0: <laughs> the first conversation was amazing. It was episode 178. For those who want to go listen to it who haven't listened to it before, we covered your book, Fat Burn Fix, which is your latest book. And we covered a little bit about deep nutrition, which is a classic in the health space. And uh, we were just talking offline, I consider you and so do many other people out there, probably the leading authority when it comes to seed oils, vegetable oils, and the health side effects, the dangerous side effects of these bad oils. And I want to start the conversation here with you, Dr. Kate. You always say that we need to walk through the looking glass. And when you do that, you realize everything you're taught is actually backwards. And I was studying, getting ready for this episode, and I was watching one of your presentations, and you gave an analogy from the Truman Show. If you remember the analogy or not, I could bring it up. But do you remember what I'm talking about?
1: I don't remember very well. I I think so, but let's see see what I was talking about.
0: (laughs) Well, you were saying that there was a movie reviewer of that movie, and and the the review said, Truman must gradually realize the truth of his environment and try to escape from it. It's a clever way that he's kept on an island by implanted traumas about travel and water. How how does that relate to what we're dealing with?
1: (laughs) Right, we are kept on the seed oil island, the island of unhealthy oils, by traumas about saturated fat and cholesterol, right? So we have like a physical response I did until I de-brainwashed myself about like saturated fat, even just saying the word like lard and especially saying the words lard is healthy. I was like, I felt there was a lump in my throat. So, you know, that's how like programmed we are to be afraid of these things. And when you're afraid of, of like traditional fats, when you're afraid of like, this, these are foods and these are parts of all traditional diets. And so they scare you away from cuisine in general. And that's like the worst part of it. But so they take away, they disempower you and they basically open you up to being hungry for whatever the processed food companies want to feed you, which has always has a lot of seed oils in it. Yeah. And the seed oils are truly, truly toxic. Like, I don't think they set out on purpose to make us eat toxic seed oils. They just don't care that they're toxic. And they uh, deny, weakly deny it. <laughs> they don't try very hard <laughs> to deny it. But they, you know, they, they make it like real technical. Their denials are so technical that uh, nobody can really understand them. And so like highly trained nutritionists and dieticians read these supposedly truthful articles about why seed oils are so bad and they're completely lost and they just read the concu- conclusions <laughs> and they say, yeah, see, seed oils are good for you because of this and that and the other thing. And so we're brainwashed, just like, you know, that we we grow up in this environment where everyone uh, believes that seed oils are the healthy kind of fat. And, um, and so like, that's the Truman show for, for us, right? Like we all believe in this myth And when we try to leave, just like he was afraid of water, right, afraid of the ocean, don't go in there. You might go to the, you might bump into the wall at the edge of the studio. (laughs) We are afraid of the alternatives. That's what's really good and easy to eat when we can't have our KFC that's deep fried in seed oil or, or Dorito chips or, you know, our quick little fixes of crunchy, tasty foods. Which you can get naturally if you just use lard, you know, and a regular, uh, you know, re- follow a regular old-fashioned kind of a diet because people had such delicious foods.
0: Yeah, and you talk about that in deep nutrition very well. I know, I know that you were on the Bill Maher show about a year and a half ago. You were speaking about coronavirus and seed oils and how they're inflammatory that could make you susceptible to the coronavirus and other viruses and infection. Two weeks after you were on. There was a tough university uh, person, Dr. Darius Mosafarian, uh, MD, cardiologist, and he was saying, eat more vegetable oils. What are your thoughts on that happening right after?
1: Yeah. Like, um, well, I thought it was really interesting that he didn't directly respond to my claim, right? And so that's what I mean by like weak, right? That's kind of weak. If he was really, truly worried that people might have believed what I said, he would have taken it into his heart and said that woman was wrong and here's why and here's why it's so important to like forget what she you know to remember that she's wrong and forget her claim or you know to believe that what i'm saying is true but he just pretended i didn't even show up
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> just ignored it
1: yeah he just completely ignored it and in fact he really on that show he he did like what you would expect from just really garbage can kind of diet advice. Like he shamed people. He said, we need to pay more attention to what we eat. We need to move more. Yeah. Like that's the same old, same old. And it's really just shaming people. And it's just horrible.
0: It does humanity a big disservice because it distracts them from health and it makes them focus on losing weight. But you don't lose weight to get healthy, you get healthy to lose weight. And when you're focusing on just cutting calories, moving more, it does everybody a big disservice. I was in that camp for many years as a personal trainer, telling my clients, let's monitor your calories, just eat—you know, move more, eat whatever you want, but in moderation. It doesn't work. It does not work. Maybe short term, you might get some benefits, but you're doing the body a big disservice and the person a big disservice so just to recap, just for those who are kind of new to the poofa game, you always say poofas go poof because they attract a lot of oxygen and it's the double bonds that are in these, these oils. So I'm going to pull up a chart here and it shows fat and oil comparison of these fats. And if you could explain the differences between the monounsaturated, the polyunsaturated and the saturated fats on this list here.
1: Sure. So those uh, refer to different types of fatty acids, mono unsaturated is the main fatty acid in olive oil, uh, polyunsaturated omega-3 fish oils are, are polyunsaturated. The omega-6 linoleic acid, that's the most common one in most of the seed oils are also polyunsaturated. Um, and then saturated is like the most common prevalent fat in coconut oil. And it's also the most prevalent fat in butter. And, uh, if they had tallow on here, yeah, they have that on here and it's the, still the most prevalent fat. The difference here chemically is the stability and, uh, the stability to heat, the stability to processing, the stability to just being in our bodies and being able to resist being attacked by oxygen, which is everywhere in our bodies, especially in our bloodstream. So, the saturated fats are the most stable. They are actually, they have kind of an antioxidant effect, right? If it, you know, the reason we need antioxidants is because mostly because PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids, oxidize and they create this stuff called oxidative stress. And oxidative stress is horrible. It's like, you can compare it to like radiation occurring in your body, like being formed in your body.
0: Like rust, rust on an engine or biting into an apple, leaving it on the counter, coming back hours later and seeing it brown.
1: Yeah, that's like that's oxygen changing something in real time that you can see, and in your body, when you have more polyunsaturated fatty acids in your diet than our bodies were really designed to handle, we can't control oxygen anymore, and so like our tissues just become overly susceptible to uh, this kind of oxidative stress. And I want to be clear that oxidative stress is not just some chemical theory. Uh, that it may have something to do with important things in your body it is the number one thing that ages us it's like the reason we die of natural causes and um, it's actually what was killing people with COVID I mean still is right but when people die of COVID it has to do with oxidative stress and now that it's a year and a half later since you know, I was on the show with Bill Maher warning that the the theory here, the biochemical theory, which is like biochemistry, is like the math of the body and that, and that means it allows you to make predictions about what's going to happen even when you've never run an experiment before so that's why i was predicting that we would find evidence that people who were dying of covid who were you know under 65 like in this sort of surprise category where we couldn't really explain why was this happening to younger people and what was the connection between obesity and so on and covid well we found it it was the more linoleic acid they have in their body fat, the more likely they are to have ARDS, which is the lung problem that kills people with COVID, or the cytokine storm uh, that kills people with COVID, and, and just have lo- also have long-term effects and long COVID and chronic fatigue. I and mean, It correlates. Every time you look at the fatty acid composition of someone's body fat, you see that that composition of PUFAs, the more PUFAs they have in their body fat, the more they have other diseases, period. Every time you look, that's what you see. And that's the best marker, how much PUFA, polyunsaturated fatty acid, is in your body fat. So they do like little biopsies and they analyze it chemically. And the more PUFA there is, the more oxidative stress your whole body is under all the time. And you're just going to get sick with something.
0: So do you recommend testing for linoleic acid in your uh, cells and membranes and fats?
1: If it were easy to do, definitely. Uh, It's not easy to do. You have to get a biopsy and send it off to a specialized lab. There's an indirect test, which is the blood levels of fatty acids, but that's not so accurate because it turns out that because our diets are supposed to be so low in these PUFAs, That our body fat preferentially releases them, meaning we may have like 20% PUFA in our body fat, which is a lot, but our bloodstream might have 40%. So it's not a a real obvious direct, it's hard to tell how much you really have. Like we haven't sorted that out. There's so few people doing studies on this very important topic in nutrition that we don't. we should know how to, like there should be a formula. Like if you do this blood test, that means you have this much in your body fat. I suspect that there would be one that's fairly consistent, but we don't have that. (laughs) Maybe
0: you'll you'll develop it one day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's very similar to heavy metals, right? If you do a heavy metals test, not really showing what's in the tissues, same thing with linoleic acid, it's not really accurately showing what's in your fat cells and membranes. Could you explain the metabolic pathway for how dietary linoleic acid omega-6 ends up in the membranes and in our fat cells? What's the pathway?
1: Well, we'll start from the mouth. We'll start the journey from a potato chip. And you swallow that potato chip and it gets broken up in your stomach. A few hours later, it shows up in your intestinal tract where enzymes from your pancreas break apart the fats in there. They break it apart into its four pieces. Most of the fats are in a form of triglyceride. And we have to use lipases, our our pancreas has lipases to break it up. And we break it up into the individual fatty acids and the glyceride, and that's how it gets into our body. And from there, it goes into the intestinal cell, packs it into something called a chylomicron, which is a which is a little vehicle. You could call it an amphibious vehicle, because it travels in the fluid of your bloodstream and it ferries the fats around in your bloodstream uh, from place to place. And it's The chylomicron is really big. It's mostly full of these kinds of fats from our diet. And it goes, it'll travel through your bloodstream for uh, literally just a few minutes. And then it gets picked up by your liver, right? So the first way it gets into like your body is directly from that chylomicron where you have tissues that are requesting the chylomicrons stop off. It's kind of like a very polite little system. They, they stick out like a little ticket, like, hey, I could use some fat on the surface of their cell. And it's a, it's a receptor for the chylomicron. If you've heard of ApoB, it's an ApoB receptor. And uh, those little things are like little, hey, please stop over here. And it politely does. And then it unpacks some of its fatty acids and the cell slurps them up inside. And that is stage one where you can have arteriosclerosis starting to form because it's the first place where they are exposed to oxygen in your bloodstream. As they come out of the chylomicron between there and getting into your cell where they're basically protected from a lot of oxygen, they're exposed in that for that one moment. So it's the first place you can have an accident. And, and that's important because it helps us realize that chylomicrons that are full of these PUFAs are some of the most powerful things that cause arteriosclerosis. And notice I didn't say the word cholesterol and I didn't say the word saturated fat. And and, and that's because the PUFAs are really what are the underlying cause. So anyway, so that's the first opportunity for it to get into your cells. It could be your fat cells. It could be like brain cells. It could be tissues that need it. It could be fat cells for storage, or it could be uh, cells that need some like membrane repair. They want to divide. You need fat to divide because that's, your membrane is made out of a lot of fat. And so Mm -hmm. if you're gonna divide in two, you need almost twice as much fat. So it's such an important thing for like normal life and health and cell repair and division and fertility. I could go on, but I digress, so I apologize. So getting back to our little journey here. So um, now we have a smaller chylomicron that's delivered some of its fat and it goes to the liver And the liver takes it all apart and repackages it in this thing called very low-density lipoprotein. And it's the same idea, the little very low-density lipoprotein, slightly different receptors, goes to slightly different tissues for slightly different needs. And the same opportunity, though, for accidents to happen and for arteriosclerosis to start forming wherever there's this transfer taking place. And then the final act is the lipoprotein that was the very low density lipoprotein is still, it, that's another big one, but as it travels around, it shrinks up and it becomes eventually an LDL, a low density lipoprotein. And the reason that cardiologists still think low density lipoprotein has anything to do is, is bad and has anything to do with cardiovascular diseases, because this one is unique. This one gets slurped up inside the cell. Completely. So it's delivering cholesterol too, and it it's delivering a lot more stuff. So it does sometimes correlate a tiny bit with increased risk of heart attacks. They're not looking at the chylomicrons. They're not looking at the poofas, but that's why LDL is thought to be the bad guy because mm-hmm. you can see it go into a cell and the cardiologists don't understand any of what I just said about this like normal, happy, healthy process. They think LDL is inherently bad and it's small or something. They don't have like a logical thought process, but they say it's Small and it then accidentally slips in between cracks in our cells and our arteries. I mean, literally, they say that like our arteries have cracks, like they need it's like a bad old adobe um, (laughs) wall that's like overdue for a recocking or something. That's not our arteries are not (laughs) stiff like that. But seriously, I mean, these are these are people who have degrees in lipidology, and I'm sorry to be like saying they're big dummies but just like watch any basic physiology on the distribution of lipoproteins and you'll see that your idea mr cardiologist if you happen to be listening right now of ldl being like small and dense and that's the reason it gets inside cells is completely wrong it's it's just part of the normal fat delivery process so I guess the reason that what I just said is ma- matters to like people who aren't cardiologists is that if you eat healthy your cardiologist if you ever have to see a cardiologist your cardiologist is going to tell you that there's a problem with your LDL being high because mm-hmm. most people at some point in their dietary improvement journey Will have their LDL levels go up and their cardiologist thinks it's a problem, but it's not a problem. So in a sense, you have to be confident that there's some reason why your cardiologist is incorrect and wrong and why you are right and to continue forward on your healthy diet so you can ignore the cardiologist.
0: I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is Pureform lifescience.com. Use the coupon code Ben4 to apply a four-dollar off coupon. That is Ben B-E-N and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp podcast. What I'm hearing you say is look let's say somebody does like an NMR test, nuclear magnetic magnetic resonance, and they're looking at the particle sizes of the LDL and they have a, a lot of the small, dense particles that doesn't necessarily mean you're increasing your risk of disease. There's more to the picture is what I'm hearing. So what else would you do in combination with that? Would you look at inflammatory markers to kind of get a good picture of what's going on with the LDL?
1: So actually I should back up because the presence of small, dense LDL to me indicates something entirely different that we haven't mentioned. Okay. So it's, it's not part of that normal train of events where the particle starts out big and gets smaller and smaller and then you know then eventually just gets sucked into the cell it's uh, oxidized so small dense ldl we have found correlates with um oxidized ldl like we're not analyzing these things very directly so a lot of these things are just sort of like well When people have small dense LDL, they also seem to have oxidized LDL. And what oxidized LDL is, is damaged LDL. It's, remember earlier I was talking about how PUFAs attract oxygen and oxygen attacks them. Well, that's become oxidized because the PUFAs in that were attacked. And now oxidized LDL doesn't work right because its receptors are damaged And it's not recognized by that LDL receptor anymore. So it stays in circulation too long and it continues to oxidize. And so that's a marker of a person whose body is dealing with too much oxidative stress. And so it's a marker of somebody who's likely to have cardiovascular or plaque building up in their arteries.
0: Okay, so what what is the half life of linoleic acid in our fat cells and membranes and cells in general?
1: So it's um, in our body fat. It's probably got the longest half life there because in our our body fat is like stuck with us until we use it until we burn it. And so, if you are a normal weight person, they measured the half life of body fat as 18 months. So for a half-life means half of it's gone. And then in 18 months, and then, so you're down to 50%. And then in another 18 months, half of what's left is gone. So you're down to 75%. So it takes four to five years basically for it to all be gone. I mean, this is like a long-term project. If you've been eating PUFA your whole life, seed oils, your whole life, it's built up in your body fat. It's just... A fact of physiology and you have too much FUFA in there now, and it's gonna be a couple of years before it's all gone. But that doesn't mean you have to wait a couple of years before you can lose weight or start feeling better or, or you know, reverse diabetes or experience amazing improvements in your health that I'm sure you know people you work with see all the time. Absolutely. It just means that if you wanna have that that level be close to normal and have a chance at like more optimal health, it's gonna be a while. And th- and that's why I don't like to have people like focus on rapid weight loss, because when you lose weight rapidly, you're releasing all that PUFA. And and that's kind of why people get super sick in the intensive care unit with COVID. Because when you're super sick and you're not eating, your body is releasing the body fat. And what gets released preferentially is the PUFA. And so if you've got too much PUFA in your body fat, you're going to have way too much PUFA in your arteries. And so, you know, people who are in the process of fasting very often, if they're not ready for it, I mean, if they fast too long, they can feel bad because they're releasing so much pro-inflammatory PUFA all at once. And it's just staying around. I'm talking about like extended fasts for, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven days. I, I don't recommend that for people who are not metabolically healthy or fit.
0: Yeah, it's it could be it could be dangerous. I've seen it before as well. We know that toxins are stored in fat cells, not just these toxic poofas, but also heavy metals and other toxins. So, once you start releasing that into the bloodstream, it could cause some issues. So, what what can you do to accelerate that two to five year time frame, or increasing more monounsaturated fats, saturated fats? Like, what can we do to shorten that half life and then full length of uh, the fat cells holding on to those poofas?
1: well the thing is in theory i could tell you a few things in theory but to be to be honest i don't know that you would want to because Mm. of what i mentioned about like i i don't know if it's really smart to like force your body to be burning this stuff because if we release it then we're forcing our body to do something with it and it's not just gonna politely evaporate right if we if we fast we release it we gotta burn it or, Mm -hmm. or else it's just gonna circulate in our bloodstream and come back around to our fat cells so you're not really getting rid of it.
0: Would bile help get rid of it?
1: Uh, no. Well, no. It doesn't accelerate the process of it being released. And it's not like your body is just going to excrete it just because you have more bile. I mean, if you have a problem with your gallbladder, <laughs> yes, it can help, right? If you've had your gallbladder removed, mm-hmm. it might be something that, that can help you excrete the the damaged part, but you're not gonna just excrete like healthy PUFA, right? I mean, when I say healthy PUFA, I don't mean that PUFA is suddenly healthy. I mean, intact, not not molecularly destroyed and mangled PUFA because it hasn't been attacked by oxygen. So your body doesn't try to excrete fatty acids, essential fatty acids, especially. Your body tries to excrete damaged fatty acids. And so if you have a liver problem, it may be beneficial, actually. Now that I'm talking through this, to you know, if you have a liver problem and you're not able to de- produce enough bile, it may be beneficial to to take bile acids. But I would want to make sure that that person has a liver problem first and has some indications that they might have problems with excreting bile first. Just because I'm a minimalist and I, I don't like doing things to be, because bile acids can irritate the stomach. You know, if you don't, if you have enough. You don't need to take more,
0: yeah. It would be a good idea to eat some more bitters. That can't hurt you. That'll support the yeah. liver. So I think we have a, we, we have a bitter deficiency here in the standard American diet. We don't get enough bitters. So for those listening or watching, they're wondering, okay, what are like the bad PUFAs? They're like thinking about the, a list of them. And I, I'm a good student of yours. So I'll list the hateful eight that you call them. There's three C's, three S's. So canola, corn, cottonseed, soybean, safflower, and sunflower, and then rice bran and grapeseed oil. Did I get that right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> Very
0: good. <laughs> so those are the Hateful Eight. You coined them the Hateful Eight. Brilliant label on them. And what are some other ones? So I know there's some that are kind of in the middle there, like um, peanut oil. And What are some others to still be aware of?
1: Yeah. So folks are often confused about my recommendations on peanut oil, because I say that peanut oil is okay if it's unrefined. It's actually good because it's a traditional fat really honestly because it's been bred for hundreds maybe thousands of years to be uh, extremely like generous with the the oil in the seed so it's easy to release and even though there's a decent amount of pufa in there depending on the peanut and the strain and everything it can be as high as 35% pufa or as low as like 17% which is like olive oil now so some Some peanuts have oil profiles that are more like olives, right? It depends on the strain, depends on where it's grown. It's a lot of variables with plants. So it's hard to be absolute about anything, you know, when it comes to a number about like, you, you have to always try for the best quality, actually. The best quality peanuts are the larger ones and they do have a better fatty acid profile. they taste better. So anyway, so I'm a advocate of using peanut oil, if you like it, especially unrefined because it will have like all of the, um, not only does it have relatively high saturated fat, which protects the PUFAs, it also has lots of antioxidants in there. And as long as you're not doing extended, like deep frying, like a deep frying, you're hard pressed to make that healthy because 400 degrees for hours and hours and hours, that's not a traditional way of cooking anything. So you know there is no, it just doesn't work. You yeah. can't. I mean that's like a treat basically. So but like refined peanut oil, I still say is like okay, just because it's way better than the super high PUFA corn and soy and stuff like that. So it's okay, but it's not great. And if you you know are looking for something to buy at home, I would prefer you buy the unrefined. It's gonna taste like peanuts. That's why you buy peanut oil because you like the taste of it, right? Like I buy olive oil because I like the taste of it. I use butter because I like the taste of it. When I use coconut oil, which isn't very often, it's because I like the taste of it in that particular cuisine. So I can't emphasize the importance of the paying attention to the fact that we're talking about food here. This should be tasty and it should be something that we enjoy using. And yeah, it's great that we know exactly why it's good for us. And we can talk to our friends, did you know this and that, and be the smart person about the food at the party. But really, let's not forget that this is about like life. This is about having an experience of a meal that's like, wow, that's the best thing I've ever eaten. And when you you can't have that, I'm sorry. If you think you've had that and you've made, cook something in seed oils, like I was just, I just looked at a, uh, I just Twittered something about uh, like a smothered uh, pork chop like a Southern soul food cooking smothered pork chop. And I deep nutritionified it because they cooked it, they fried it in seed oils first. And he was like, "Mm, it's so good. And I'm like saying, you know, it's not, you think it's good, but you're going to find out that it wasn't as good as you thought if you cook it the way I suggested. Don't use the seed oil. Seed oils kill flavor and and use um, like bacon grease instead to get that brown on it.
0: That sounds great. I I prefer that route as well. The problem is that They're everywhere, these seed oils. They are at all the restaurants, Whole Foods. I was just in Las Vegas speaking at a conference and I was at the Cosmopolitan Hotel at one of their nice restaurants. And I was asking the waiter and the waitress, like I always do, what oils do you cook with? And they use an olive oil blend. What is it blended with? Soybean oil. It's always cut with something. So I request, let them know I'm allergic to the canola or the soybean. And I request you know, just straight up olive oil or butter. And that's kind of... It's uncomfortable to do that, but you get used to it and it's so worth it because the half-life is two to two years or so. It's like one meal creates an extensive amount of time with inflammation and oxidation in the body. If you ate sugar, go do some squats, go exercise, you'll burn that down. But these vegetable oils, which are really industrial seed oils, they stick around a lot longer. My TikTok uh, is growing really fast. I think you should be on TikTok, by the way. You do really good on there. <laughs> I don't even
1: know how like what that is. Like why it shows up on my YouTube. I'm so close. <laughs> it's, a,
0: it's a very fast growing platform. And it's really short, short videos, right? So yes, yeah,
1: they got music. And they got all music, like people are dancing.
0: Yeah, so I'm not so much doing the dancing, but I'm just doing like short educational clips. But I think I share with you via email. I, I posted a little like 35 second clip of the bad oils and the good oils. Thirty-second clip that got over three million views, and one of the radio stations here in Miami heard it and they wanted to interview me to talk about this, right? And I actually mentioned you on the radio interview. I have it. I can send to you. I gave you credit on there. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's making people aware, which is great. But on TikTok, especially more than any other platform, I get these dietitians and nutritionists that just absolutely disagree with the message. And I know you kind of talked about it earlier, but why is there such a conflict here? I mean, we're so certain and convicted in how bad they are for for you, and they're so convicted in how good they are for you. And why is there such a disconnection here?
1: Because there's a, uh, the American Heart Association pumps out 13 journals, 13 different journals, each is either weekly or monthly. So they're putting out hundreds of articles every year Funded by Procter and & Gamble and companies selling junk food and seed oils. So they're basically a disinformation machine. The dietitians are doing their homework. They're doing their job their job is to read the wrong pile of, of articles. They don't read the right research. They don't read the journals that are the American Oil Chemist Society journals because they're not in that society. They're in the Dietitian Society. And they're you know if they're into cardiology, they're gonna be reading the cardiology journals. And the American College of Cardiology, they point to the American Heart Association for all of their nutritional advice. So the American Heart Association, they're the biggest fake news organization out there. I mean, they get a billion dollars a year from all their different evil empires, people types like the, you know, the pharmaceutical industry and the junk food industry. And they are just like the nexus of disinformation and they do a great job. And so the just do not have any idea. They just don't have any clue. And because how could they, how could you crack through? It's a sound barrier, right? I mean, it's a real barrier. How could you open someone's eyes to a new reality when, you know, I could try, but I'm not at Harvard. I don't have like a position like Darius Mosafarian, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and, and those people, by the way, they're figureheads. They're little sock puppets for the American Heart Association and for that's why Darius Mosafarian. Acted like he couldn't care less about being on the show. He had no drive, no passion, no like thought. He's like a puppet. He was like a dead person. His eyes were dead. He was like, and those are the people that the dietitians pay attention to because they're the pedigreed people with the right, you know, it's like a society, like any society, you have to be a high society member for the people who are members of the society to respect mm-hmm. you. And I'm not in the society because it's an evil society.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well said. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like there's a lot of politics going on there. When you were saying a dead puppet, I was thinking about somebody, but I won't say the person's name. <laughs> I just, just say <laughs> politics. Okay. Uh, I want to I transition here. There was a great study. I'm going to pull it up here that I, I got this study from you actually on your awesome website. Is it drkate.com? Yep. Your website. Yeah. So this study I found actually on your website. And I want you to just go over it with me. I know you know the study, so it's not going to be shocking to you, but it's the effects of fatty acids on the mitochondria. And what they did is they took different types of fatty acids, uh, poly, mono, and, and uh, saturated fats to see the effect of the energy production by the mitochondria. So could you explain what the study revealed?
1: So this study explains why people who have a lot of poof in their body fat feel tired when they go on a diet because it shows that PUFA is a terrible fuel for your body cells. It shows that the mitochondria, which are the little energy powerhouses of the cell, they shut down, they stop producing ATP energy when their fuel is PUFA. And the worst of the two PUFAs, so there's the two categories of PUFAs, which is the omega-3 and the omega-6, the more double bonds, the worse the fuel, and so omega three have more double bonds than omega six. So that fish oil, if your body's trying to burn that, it's worse for your body cells than omega three. Which is why I I like to always point out that it's not just the omega six. It's it, it's not just that. It's in you know omega six has this. If your listeners know that omega six has been called out for being pro-inflammatory, that's kind of true, but it's not cut and dry that all omega-6s have a pro-inflammatory effect and all omega-3s have an anti-inflammatory effect. So that part isn't even true. Physiology is always a little bit more complicated. It's hard to make rules about, but the biochemistry you can make rules about. And the biochemistry says the more double bonds, the more pro-inflammatory, the worse it is, and the worse of a fuel it is. So what that study shows, that's like the most important study. And if anybody were to just sit down and think about just one study for, um, you know, 24 hours, they would come to realize that that's why people have brain fog. That's why people become insulin resistant because they can't burn their body fat. What are they gonna do? They're gonna burn sugar. That's the root cause of diabetes. And that's why you feel bad when you get to a certain point on your diet and you start, I've talked to so many people who like w- were like, yeah, I was losing weight and I was feeling great. And then I say were you were you feeling a little tired did you have energy I mean you were feeling great because you were losing weight and you were very happy but what did you do when you came home from work oh I would collapse like you know like they really didn't have energy and they were so mixed up about how they were feeling because they were so proud of themselves and they've heard all these myths that if you lose weight you're fixing your metabolism so you will have more energy so they were like convincing themselves And then, but when you ask them like the reality of it and why did you stop the diet if you were feeling so great? Oh, I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't take it. I was, I was, you know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't go and exercise. I was too tired, you know, like, so the energy loss is really a huge part of the mystery here of obesity. And I I'm going to say that within quotes now because I don't think it's a mystery anymore. That one study, which has been validated in many other studies, demystifies the whole thing. We've been eating lots of PUFA. We have PUFA in our body fat 15, 20, 30%. How much are we supposed to have? Less than five, for sure. That's Maybe crazy. Very much lower than that. And when we you know, have that high of a percentage, we are burning too much PUFA and it shuts down our cells' ability to generate energy. It just shuts down our body's ability to use our body fat for fuel. So we become sugar-dependent diabetics. And we, we crave sugar because our bodies need sugar because they can't use our body fat. We crave snacks. I mean, I could just go on. I mean, this is the problem. This is the problem that PUFA is in our body fat. And that's why I love that study because when I saw that study, I saw it like in 2015 or 14 or something. I was like, oh my God, I have to write a whole nother book now. And that's where I started <laughs> writing the Fabron Fix. Uh,
0: I love it. You know, some A lot of people come, they discover me and they enroll into my courses to lose weight, right? They want to do keto and fasting to lose weight. And I always reframe them. And I teach them, we're not focusing on weight loss, we're focusing on health. And as we get healthy, the weight will come off, the, the, the necessary time it needs to come off, and it'll stay off and you'll feel good as it happens versus just focusing on weight loss, excessive fasting and being in ketosis for too long. So I love that you explained that it. It's so important to focus on health. We're gonna, we're gonna reference that study down below on the YouTube video, on the KetoCamp podcast. So go read the study. I always say structure trumps intention. You could have all the best intentions in the world, but if you don't have the structure in place, it's going to be very difficult to get the amazing keto and fasting results that you want. If you are on the go traveling and you don't want to think about what can you eat to help you feel satisfied and to help you continue getting results on your keto journey, for me, my structure when I'm on the go, when I'm traveling, and when I want to have something nearby that's a healthy snack, my go-to is Paleo Valley's Beef Sticks. Kaleo Valley Beef Sticks are the perfect gut-friendly, clean protein snack for on-the-go. And if you have children, this is one of the best things to give your kids. These beef sticks are 100% grass-fed and finished by farmers right here in the United States. They contain naturally occurring probiotics, which helps increase the diversity in your gut. It contains organic spices. It has high concentrations of omega-3 fatty acids elevated levels of conjugated linoleic acid, which we know it's an antioxidant and also could enhance your body's ability to burn fat. It contains vitamins and minerals, elevated concentrations of glutathione, which is your body's master antioxidant, and it's good for the environment. They have flavors that range from original to garlic summer sausage, regular summer sausage, jalapeno, teriyaki, and they also have turkey sticks available as well. They taste so good, that I usually go through three or four, and I think I might set the record for eating almost 10 Paleo Valley beef sticks. Maybe somebody out there has eaten more than me in one sitting. You know, me and my fiance, Natasia, we're always fighting over these beef sticks in our house. We go into the pantry and I hear her unwrapping it, and I'm like, hey, are you eating one of my beef sticks? They are delicious, and since you are an avid listener of the Keto Camp Podcast, we worked out an exclusive deal for you to get 15% off your entire order of Paleo Valley products. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. That is KETOCAMP15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below in the show notes. You mentioned that fish oil. right? We spoke about fish oil on our last conversation. We have a lot of alignment there and I see so many brilliant people that I respect promote fish oil. And I dug into the research a lot over the years on fish oil. Here's what I discovered and I want to hear if it aligns with you. Um, The average adult human brain requires about 7.2 milligrams of EPA and DHA on a daily basis. And the average fish oil capsule is about a thousand milligrams, and people are taking two, three, four capsules a day, which is this super physiological overdose, which could actually make that membrane too fluid. Have you seen that with your research?
1: I have not seen research on taking fish oil and ending up with membranes that are too fluid, but I—I I mean, I suppose it could happen. However, I have to—I uh, did, mean, did you? Be, the reason I—I—I I, I have questions is because that is a fundamental process that's that's like highly regulated and the cell doesn't allow the membrane too much shift in its basic fundamental composition. Now that said, I think some of the, the things that I've seen are compensatory for that. In other words, that when you do have a very high PUFA diet, you have to put more saturated fat in your membrane, more of these things called ceramides, which are very stiff and they affect the fluidity. Because what we're talking about is the melting point of your cell. I mean, you can't have a cell that it, the membrane is going to be too fluid because the cell would just bleb apart. It would dissolve, basically become liquid. You would become liquid. And um, that would not be cool.
0: No, we don't want that. <laughs> I can't.
1: So the, the cell tries to compensate for that and and, and one of the ways it could do that is to you know, pump up things like ceramides. And, and that's an interesting, very technical point because I've heard people talk about ceramides are, uh, are saturated fatty acids and ceramides have been found at higher levels in people with diabetes. And this is yet another way that the misguided American Heart Association, people read their stuff, point to saturated fat as being a problem because they say, well, people with diabetes have more of these saturated fat-based ceramides in their cells. So see, therefore it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even like think about it. Like, like why, why? Just ask the first question, like, why would that happen? So to get to your your question, it's a very good question. It's If you do eat too much fish oil and you don't need it, you are harming your body. I mean, that's the basic fundamental reality there. And I I totally agree with that 100%. Is it harming it in that specific way? That's a very um, technical question. And I would say that's possible, but I would say the body would fight hard against it. And we do have mechanisms to do that.
0: Well, great answer. I I, I interviewed a gentleman named Dr. Jeff Matheson, and uh, he had some research on the fluidity of it. I'm going to share it with you. It was was interesting. But the point is, we both agree, most people are are getting more negative effects from fish oil than positive effects. Uh, Not to mention the processing of it, heavy metals, contamination, all that. But even with the quality omega-3 fish oils out there, you still don't want to overdo it. In your book, Fat Burn Fix, you talk about why you love keto, but not necessarily long-term keto. I don't love long-term keto either, but why do you love ketones as an energy source for the mitochondria?
1: So ketones are designed out of your body fat, right? So when you're burning your body fat and your liver is healthy, it makes ketones for you. And these ketones are like pre-digested fuel basically right so a fatty acid is a storage form of energy it's long and it's hard to transport into the mitochondria basically it's hard for the mitochondria to break it down it has to go to a bunch of different places but if you can deliver kind of like a pre-digested form. It's kind of like a pellet stove, right? You know, you don't have to fight too hard to start a fire in a pellet stove compared to like a big log where you have to have kindling and blah, blah, blah. So it's just a better fuel. And our cells actually work better when they have access to that better fuel. But the cells that where it makes the most difference are in our hardest working organs. And those two organs are our brain and our heart and so they've found that it, hearts that have access to ketones can actually pump 30% harder than hearts that that don't that are pretty cool yeah 30% more effective so you know that's one of the reasons when i worked for the lakers that i was trying to help the guys there burn their body fat so they could have access to these lovely ketones because even though basketball is not an aerobic sport they have Aerobic <laughs> needs for their heart, and you know there is no sport that doesn't benefit from your heart beating thirty percent stronger.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. It's super fascinating, and and I always think about the human body and these different organs that have different amount of mitochondria. Right, there's some cells that have hundreds, some cells that have thousands, and it's always the organs that. needed for survival, that have the highest concentration, that are metabolically active, like you said, that have the highest concentration of mitochondria, the brain, the eyeballs, the heart. I actually discovered that the ovaries have the highest concentration of mitochondria of any single other cell in the body. I think from the research that I saw was about a 100,000 mitochondria in a single ovary cell. Um, And you think about it, reproduction, survival, isn't that crazy?
1: Gosh, that is crazy! <laughs> like, is that while someone's pregnant, or is that like regular? Oh, that's a like, good question. Yeah, powers, I, 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 I was under that after menopause.
0: Yeah, I was well after menopause. The the adrenals and the fat cells pick up the slack, right? It's like the ovaries, like I'm retiring, I'm out of here. Uh, the last thing I want to ask you here, as we wrap up the conversation, is um, about the omega three elongation enzymes and how PUFAs, these bad oils, block this omega 3 elongation enzymes what are they and, and what is happening here with the pufas? You, you kind of mentioned earlier but if you could touch upon it again
1: right so your brain needs omega 3 and omega 6 but it needs longer omega 3 than omega 6 than what you get when you know you eat uh, the the seed oils and butter only like like fish and animal products can have like the super long Versions of the omega-3s and the omega-6s. So you have to have these enzymes that elongate them. It's fairly straightforward concept. But the problem is if you've been eating too much seed oils, they're like delta sixty saturase and delta ninety saturase. Those are the names of the enzymes, I believe. And what they're doing is they're just helping play a key role in the actual elongation of, say, like an eighteen carbon PUFA into a twenty. They do it two at a time, and so on and so on. But when you have when your diet is high in uh, PUFA those enzymes are not functional they don't they don't work very well they may not work at all like it, depending on you know how badly damaged your liver is and this is one of the reasons that fatty liver is such a devastating disease because uh, and it's fatty liver is probably present in just about everyone whose body mass index is like over 35 to some degree and it's even present and people who have normal body we have normal normal weight obesity now and so many people have fatty liver and they're not able to elongate these fatty acids because their liver enzymes basically just aren't working properly they're not working in you know to do the very important metabolic jobs that they're supposed to be doing and and the seed oils block it and so do trans fats
0: great explanation you have your your website dr. C-A-T-E.com, drkate.com. You have your book, Deep Nutrition. You have Fat Burn Fix. We're going to put links for all that down below. Are you writing a new book? Where else do you want the Keto Campers to go check you out?
1: I'll come to my website and subscribe, please. I hardly put out any kind of like nagging. I don't sell like really anything. So if I put something out, it's going to end up in your inbox. It's just going to be like an article for the most part, like nine times out of 10 and i am working on a course where i help people like video wise like so the fapron fix is a book to state the obvious. I don't know why I do that sometimes. Um, (laughs) But, you know, people have different learning styles and a lot of times after reading it, people still have a zillion questions. So I'm putting a uh, course together that's video and it's going to help you walk you through that. And I'm trying to create a community. So I can't do that if I don't have subscribers. So please subscribe.
0: Everybody subscribe, drkate.com. You'll get some amazing information. You'll learn about the course that she's gonna release and anything that you're up to in the future. I always enjoy our conversations. We always have a lot of fun. Your energy, your personality is amazing. You're a fellow Floridian uh, like myself. It's fun to be in the same state. Uh, We're sweating here in November and summer. (laughs) Yeah, it's like like 80 degrees. I was playing basketball earlier today outside of the park and we live in a great state that we have some cool things going on here. But um, Dr. Kate, thank you for the work that you're doing, I appreciate you so much. Everybody go to our website, drkate.com and uh, I look forward to more conversations with you in 2022 and beyond.
1: Thank you so much, Ben. It really was a fun, fun conversation.
0: I hope you enjoyed that amazing conversation with Dr. Kate Shanahan. Go to her website, drkate.com, get her books, Deep Nutrition, Fat Burn Fix, Food Rules. I'm going to be dropping links for all of our information down below, including including show notes and timestamps and the episode sponsors and everything we mentioned, including that study on the mitochondria, can be found in the podcast notes. If this was a valuable episode to you, please share it with a friend. Make a big difference for somebody, especially during this new year. Uh, Maybe they'll listen to this episode and it'll help them start the new year on the right foot. So copy and paste the link, text it to a friend. Post it on your social media. Tag me on your Instagram stories. My Instagram is at thebenazadi. And go get registered for my 7-Day Keto Kickstart Challenge, which is 100% free over at ketocampchallenge.com. We're starting on January 3rd with a special live stream on January 1st. 7 days of amazing content, actionable steps, and over $7,000 in free giveaways, head to KetoCampChallenge.com or click the link in the podcast notes down below. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. Happy New Year. Make it a prosperous New Year. Stay in gratitude. I appreciate you. I really hope and pray 2022 is your greatest year ever in every single area of your life. Thank you for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. I'll see you in 2022.